You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's OBEHAVE with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. What do you get when you combine a pack of rescued mutts with a father and son who love unleashing creativity and imagination? Why, the net result is a talented canine troop that is raising the woof with audiences all over America. We are delighted, extremely delighted, to welcome the winners of America's Got Talent competition, the Olati Dogs. And here to share this remarkable and talented tale is Nicholas Olati. Welcome to the show, Nicholas. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right. Now, Nicholas and his father, Richard, are embarking, yes, I said embarking, on a possum adventure. They're traveling to places all over the country with their dogs, and they are bow-wowing audiences. I caught their show recently at the Irving Art Center near Dallas, and I must confess, in my next life, I want to come back as an Alati dog. Can I be part of the truth, Nicholas? Of course you can. All right. You heard it here first on Obehave on Pet Life Radio. Well, Nicholas is going to share the magic that is the Olati dogs right after we pay for this show by taking a quick commercial break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. Obehave will be right back. Amazing Pet Expos is coming to a city near you. Admission is always free and your pet is welcome. Shopping, adoptions, free nail trims, discounted shots and microchipping, agility, a pet costume contest, and much more. Plus, meet the guys from Animal Planet's hit TV series Tank and Pit Boss online at AmazingPetExpos.com. Bring your pets to the Pet Expo. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the All Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is Nicholas Olate. He, along with his father, Richard, share the stage with not one or two, but about a dozen dogs capable of doing backward somersaults, canine congo lines, driving little mini cars, and much more. I am so glad you could join us today, Nicholas. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. This is, this is fun. Now, we got to tell people, folks, the dude is in, uh, tell us exactly what you're doing right now, Nicholas, and where you are. I am driving from <laughs> Elkhart, Indiana to Cleveland, Ohio at the moment. Oh, my gosh. And what kind of vehicle? We have uh, two different tour buses that are traveling. Uh, one has uh, one's just a normal tour bus with the um, 
cargo trailer behind that carries all the props. And the second one is another tour bus that has the dog's personal trailer behind it. Oh, my gosh. So which one are you driving? I'm driving mine that has the, uh, the dog props behind it. Now, you don't have any of the dogs going, Shotgun, I want to ride with Nicholas right there next to you. Uh, at the moment, I have one, two, three, four dogs with me at the moment. And uh, any of them trying to uh, give you GPS uh, guidance or navigating, being a co-pilot? They're not the greatest co-pilots in the world, are they? No. <laughs> and um, I remember Elkhart, Indiana, that's claimed to fame is it's like the RV capital of the world. Is it still that way? Yeah, actually, surprisingly, this is where a lot of performers that are originally from circus and stuff like that kind of come to. This is their go-to point for upgrading their their units and stuff like that. And it's actually, uh, it's changed quite a bit. There's been a lot of RV places that have closed down, actually, if they've gone oh. out of business and stuff like that. So, yeah, surprisingly. And your <laughs> your dad and your mom are driving in the other tour bus? Yes. Yep, okay. that's right. Okay, all right. So, let's talk about it. In uh, 2012, the 7th America's Got Talent, you guys were the first four-legged act to finally just smoke the competition. What was it like for you guys to win America's Got Talent? And there was some kind of like a little bit of money, a million dollars. But how, <laughs> tell us first, just winning it, and what do you think did put you over the top? Um, winning it was awesome. It was amazing, but we didn't expect it. You know, I mean, I right. think there's some, maybe some people get into the competition, and as they progress, they probably see, okay, you know, I think I'm going to win, or maybe they have that feeling. We didn't get that feeling. Okay. Um, partially because we both wanted to stay grounded as well. We didn't want to say, nah, we got it in the bag because it's like it's an even bigger letdown if, if it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? And it, that wasn't what we were in it for completely anyway. I mean, I know everybody's in it. Obviously, we want to win, but it was just a great experience. We were just excited to be there in general. And it was really an amazing year because that year was actually the only year, I think it was from the semifinals onward, that there were no singers in the competition anymore. It was just oh, variety, different types yeah. of variety acts. So that was the first time in America's Got Talent history that that was like that. Um, well, you know, when you have dogs, though, you know, some people say, yeah, it can't really, doesn't have a lot of staying power. A cute dog can do a cute little trick. You have to choreograph this, and you had to keep coming up with new things in different rounds. And you have mm -hmm. how many dogs now? Twelve, about? We have ten dogs that perform, ten, eleven, and it varies. But mm -hmm. in total, we have about 20 dogs. Oh, my gosh. Are they all with yeah. you right now? Yeah, they're spread apart. My mom and dad have some in their tour bus. I have uh, four here in mine, and then we have the rest of them. They have their own trailer that we made for them, so they get to relax in their trailer. Do they get uh, cable TV, and you know what kind of canine amenities are they getting? <laughs> they uh, they have their own shower. They have their heating <laughs> and their air conditioner. They have uh, stalls that they go into when they want to eat and stuff like that. And they've got a grooming table. They have a wow a two door closet where it has all of their <laughs> snacks and food and all that good stuff. Well, if yeah. my uh, husky mix was around. Chipper, she was such a Houdini, she'd probably know how to pick that lock, and you'd have pups on stage if, if she had her way. Sorry about that. No, that's fine. <laughs> now, if they have to go to the bathroom and you're going 60 miles an hour, do they have indoor bathroom facilities? Yeah, actually, the way that we have it set up, my dad, I don't know how long my dad's had it like this for, ever since I can remember, actually, but uh, we put um, wood shavings down. Like, you know, the shavings that they use for, like, oh, yeah. bunnies and all that stuff. So that, yeah, so it keeps them, there's two good reasons. It keeps the trailer clean and it also keeps the dogs clean and keeps them smelling good for longer. So we will groom them. We groom them every day before every show. So if there's three shows a day, they get groomed three times. 
And so, yeah, so when we're going down the road, they can do whatever they want, and we stop every hour and a half or so, every two hours, and we go in and clean up and give them some water, and then we hit the road again. I can just say, though, if you had to make a stop at a dog-friendly rest stop and out come the Alati dogs, like 20 of them, I don't think you can do that, right? <laughs> no, but that's why that's actually one of the reasons why the, the trailer that we have for them is actually very self, uh, self-containing. self They have everything they need in there. They can go to the bathroom in there. Uh, uh-huh. We clean up. We have. That's why we have to be so on top of it because we go in and we clean up and, you know, just to make things always clean and, and uh, hygienic for the dogs. Now, when you were in the competition... I think it was your little dog, Loka, is the one yeah. that Sharon Osborne was trying to dog nap in a good yeah. way. Tell us about <laughs> yep. that story. I think she just fell in love from the first time. She saw Loka and she was really, really excited about her. And she said that she reminds her of Ozzy Osborne because of uh, Loka actually has, she's all black and has white accents. And actually, Sharon was the first one to point it out to us. It was one of those things you don't really realize until somebody points it out. But right. Loka has like white lines on her chest that make like a perfect cross. And I had wow. no idea. Yeah, and Sharon was like, hey, she has a cross. And we were like, oh, hey, yeah, she does. And so, describe uh, Loka to the listeners because she's uh, small but mighty. Yeah, Loka is, uh, she's a Yorkie poodle mix. She's very small. She's black. She has a couple, uh, she has one white paw. And she's got, as I said, the, the white cross on her on her chest. And uh, she's, Loka actually is the Spanish word in the translation. means crazy. Because she's, she's kind of crazy sometimes. She's uh She's very, uh, not moody, but she has, like, different moods that she'll just randomly get into, and it's pretty really? funny, because, like, she'll be, yeah, she'll be, like, super, like, relaxed and tranquil, and then all of a sudden, like, it's super hyper, and just take off, and start running around and barking and jumping off things, and, like, pulling on a dog's ear, and then running around, and you're just like, what the heck? All of a sudden, then she'll just stop, and then she'll relax again, and then fall asleep or something, that's really pretty, pretty well, funny. Well, every, every act needs a doggy diva, don't you think? That's right. And because she's little, though, but I saw her on stage, and you you guys did a great job And yeah. at the Irving Theater. She's little, but tell some of the things. She's in a Congo line. What are some of the things that Loka does? She's in a Congo line. She does a doggy fashion show where she's sporting the newest <laughs> of the Olate dogs, doggy mm-hmm. costumes. <laughs> she, also, uh, she also helps with Lily, which is our kind of, I guess, would say the main dog. She's the one that does the backflip and the handstands and stuff like that. Uh, she helps uh, with holding up Lily when she does her handstand. She helps with uh, Toby, who does the scooter trick with a dog ride scooter. She does a lot of stuff. Look at yeah. a lot of stuff. She's got her own act where she's a food thief. Oh, yeah. Uh, I so, saw that one. Yeah. yeah. So she does a lot of stuff. I think, is it Oso the biggest dog? Yeah, Oso. So tell us about Oso. We want to go from little to big. Okay. Oso is uh, he's a big standard poodle, mm-hmm. very large. He looked like he was like playfully trying to be a canine boxer, standing up on his legs with your father a few times. He's he's got some good jabs. Yeah, yeah. My dad, my dad and I always play with Oso like that, and it's become a habit of him doing that. So it's pretty mm-hmm. funny. People seem to enjoy it. We actually before we we have another dog, the almost the exact same size as Oso, and looks almost the exact same, except for he's like really really dark black. Oh, like, really really dark black. And we wanted there was a time where we wanted to. Uh, to do like a little skit of having like me in one <laughs> corner and my dad in the other and they would go and yeah. kind of do this little boxing thing. Yeah, we, we might, that might become a reality in the future. We're not, we're not sure. But, uh, but yeah, that was a funny concept that we came up with. And what's this dog's name? The one that's the uh, black version of Oso? Oliver. Oliver. Okay, so tell yeah. us about Oso. What, what's Oso's claim to fame in the show? Oso's just exceptionally large. That's his claim to fame. <laughs> he, he's famous from being big. 
No, but right. um, the first time that he ever worked on stage was in the finale of America's Got Talent. When you make it to the semifinals, obviously you put everything, you obviously always want to progress in, in the show. And so everybody, like we personally would, we have really good tricks that we had been kind of training the entire show for. And so we kind of held off some things. You have to really be kind of meticulous about what tricks you want to put in for each round and stuff. But when you get to the semifinal, since it's such an important, more so I think more important than all kind of all the rest of them, you put everything into that performance so that you can make it to the final. But when you make it, that's kind of like, oh, okay, we ran out of tricks now. So it's kind of like, okay, what are we going to do? And so the producer that was working with us on the show, Samad, so practicing with Oso. And Oso wasn't a performer at the time. He was just learning still. He saw the very large size and he, was, he said, you know, it would be funny to have just a, a really big dog just randomly walk out from the side or something. And so that, that escalated to putting him in a tuxedo with a tail with a tail coat on, right. and that became a reality. We were a little bit nervous because we thought that he was kind of, maybe would be a little bit nervous with the people and, you know, and the cameras that move around and stuff like that. But he actually did really, really well. And there's a camera that ran the entire length of the stage, and it runs from left to right or right to left. It's on a little track there. And he decided to look at that camera kind of the entire time that he walked, which was really cool, and we didn't train him for so... That was like a little spontaneous thing he came up with himself. And, and so my dad and I were like, okay, this dog was born to perform then. So, uh, so yeah, that's his little, uh, I guess, story to, to the rise of fame. <laughs> I think he's worth his weight in kibble, Nicholas. He probably uh, yeah. sealed uh, you to get to the finals. Yeah, definitely. So let's yes, talk a little bit about the Alati family. I was very, very, it made my heart beat a, a special beat when you shared your story about your father coming from Chile. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about your dad because you're the one that is basically the presenter on stage. You do a lot of the acts. You're the one talking to the audience and he, yeah. I, I don't know what his uh, mastery of English is, but tell us about your father, his background from Chile. Uh, okay. Uh, my dad, he was, he had a really, really hard life. He was very, very poor when he was a kid. He had a whole bunch of brothers and sisters. I there think you was, said uh, 22, right? Yeah, there was 22. <laughs> there was about half, maybe a little bit more than half, actually made it to uh, to become uh, adults later on. They all, a few of them, quite a few of them, passed away at about two years old, three years old, and stuff like that because um, just because of the poverty. And I mean, there was, it was a very, very, very rough time for for the mother because the father was there and then he wasn't there. You know what I mean? Right. He was he was one of those guys. So it was kind of her fending for herself with a, with a bunch of kids, and that was very difficult. But I think uh, I think in the end there was about twelve. That are uh, that are still around, which is great. Yeah. And uh, so, anyway, my dad was about five years old when he started working. Before then, he actually even after then, he didn't have shoes to walk around in. He was, you know, like uh, like the sponsor feature that on, on TV. I always use that because that's exactly how he was. He would be looking for garbages or anything to eat, or you know, he didn't have shoes to walk around in. He would have to wear the same clothes. He said he'd go down to the river and kind of wash his clothes in the cold river water and put them back on and stuff like that and let it air dry. Right. And uh, just uh, that was just really rough. And so he started working when he was five. He would sell, uh, you know, sell spices or, or sell fish at the pier or sell newspapers or he'd be uh, peeling potatoes or selling popcorn or whatever. He would just do every single thing. And to this day, there's still things that, you know, we'll see in a, in a store or whatever. And he goes, oh, yeah, I used to sell that at some point. I remember I sold that for like a couple of days and I sold that and then I moved on to this. And, and that's just how it is. But yes, in a way, he was taking care of his family pretty much at the age of five, selling things and selling things and selling things until he was about... 
12, he said, and uh, that's when he found a dog on the side of the street. I mean, there's obviously always dogs on the street. Over in Chile, there's a lot, a lot of stray dogs. Right. So I, I don't know if it's, he didn't really, I don't, I don't know if he didn't come up with the idea of it, but when he was 12, he got the dog, and his mom kind of helped him a little bit with, like, thinking of a way to kind of make the dog do the trick or kind of, you know, finding a way how to train because they, they had no idea. It was just trial and error. And eventually, my dad got the dog to do a trick, and uh, and he just, he said he fell in love. He said he was so excited that because he, uh, the first trick that he ever did was the dog would walk between his legs as he walked. He would swerve in oh, and out between okay. legs, you know, that trick. And so he right. said he was just super excited. He's like, oh, he, he was like, that was the most exciting thing for me because I actually made the dog do something. He was like, it was so great. So... I just kept working at it. He's like, I kept working and working and working. And uh, when it came to the backflip, it's, it's interesting because they had a whole bunch of tricks and, and whatnot, but they they didn't have a backflip or anything like that. And it was not until... He grew up in kind of a very negative environment. Right. Everybody was... Uh, I think it was probably just the mentality of... I don't know if it's just... People People seem to be mean at some, at some times. You know what I mean? When, Okay, right. There's some people that are great, and they'll help you out if you're in a time of need, and then there's some people that kind of try to put you down a little bit more. Well, anyway, unfortunately, my dad had to grow up around, around people like that a lot of the time. And he said, I, he goes, now that I think of it, I think they were pulling my leg, but the joke's on them, because he said somebody mentioned to him, he's like, hey, you know, I saw a dog do a backflip one time. And my dad's like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I saw a dog do a backflip. It was amazing. And my dad's like, oh, that's great. And like, so it was like a little light bulb. He's like, oh, okay, I'm going to teach my dog how to do a backflip. <laughs> but he goes, now that I think back on it, he goes, that guy was kind of a sketchy guy, so he might have just been pulling my leg when he said that he saw a dog do a backflip. But he goes, the joke's on them, though, because I actually did get my dog to do a backflip, and so that helped out. You know what I mean? And so that took yeah. the dog act, obviously, to another level, and then that kind of helped them with getting uh, different contracts with different circuits that traveled around South America. Yeah, he traveled a lot, but they were still, it wasn't like they were completely out of poverty or anything like that. They were still kind of in a struggle. They were still living in a tent. Of course, they always had dreams of coming to America. And my dad said he, you know, he'd see little commercials on TV or something of America and it would always be like, wow, you know, I wish I wish I could one day go to America. But that was kind of, it was, my dad's very realistic. He, he's a dreamer, but at the same time, he didn't have kind of time to dream at so to speak, you know what I mean, growing up like that. It was always like, okay, we're going to reality. Everything is very reality, reality, reality. So they do in 1989, and there was a scout from a show called Circus Vargas in California that came up to them, and he was, he was traveling to a couple different countries and visiting different circuits looking for acts, and he was only looking for one more act, and he was actually looking for a flying act, a flying oh. trapeze act. He wasn't even looking for a dog act, but he just happened to go to the circus stuff. My, my father and my uncle were working at, at the time, and saw the dog act, and he's like, wow, that's, you know, that's amazing. So he uh, he gave a, his business card to one of the guys that were on the show, one of the employees, and he said, can you tell the Olates to, to meet me at this hotel? And he wrote the name down on the back of the card, and he said, uh, tomorrow at 10 o'clock, uh, because I would really like to speak with them about going to America. And so the guy took the card to my dad and, and his brother, and my dad told me that that, that guy was, uh, he was like, uh, he liked to drink a lot. He was, he was kind of like the, uh, I guess the circus drunk, he would say, or something <laughs> like that. So, right. so they didn't know, they thought that he was pulling their too. You know, he's, he's like, no, nah, I don't, I mean, you can't trust this guy because he likes to play jokes or whatever. And so they're like, ah, forget it. And they went to bed, right? Right. And so my dad said he woke up the next morning pretty early and he was telling his brother, he's like, well, let's go. He goes, because what happens if, I mean, it could be a joke, but if it is a joke, we only walk like two miles or whatever, and we walk two miles back, that's it. But if it's not a joke, 
then our lives are going to be completely different if everything works out. And so his brother's like, oh, I mean, if you want to go, let's go. We'll, we'll give it a shot. And he, I don't think it's true, but we'll see. Right. And so they walked up to a hotel, and he said it was like a huge, big, fancy hotel. And uh, they walked in the door, and they were like, the lunch? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, 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 come here. And so he, like, opened up uh, a door or whatever, and there was a big uh, big table with a whole bunch of executive people there. And my dad sat down, and, and they discussed some things. And about two months later, they came to America. And the rest is history, and we're going to need to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the hidden talent behind this all, your mom, Rebecca, and also a little bit more about you and your singing talents. But we got to take okay. a quick commercial break. So everybody sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, also known as the Pet Lady. I travel from coast to coast to pet trade shows and consumer events to scout out what the hottest, hippest, and most unique pet products are on the planet, bringing you tips and tricks from top veterinarians, groomers, trainers on how to safely travel and live happily with your pets. The Pet Lady will be in a city near you, showing off the latest and greatest tech pet gadgets, cozy comforts, and fab gift ideas for man's and woman's best friends. You can learn more at thepetlady.net or connect socially and tweet with me at Pet Lady World. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, this is Amy Schumer. You're listening to Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio, where they keep it real and make everyone feel like they're pets. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Obehave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. We have Nicholas Olati on the air. He's driving a big tour bus somewhere between Elkhart, Indiana and Cleveland, Ohio. And I'm praying he's being a good doobie. And you're not speeding or, you know, texting or anything like that, right? You got a headset on. Nope, I don't do that stuff. I'm a safety person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a precious cargo there with your canine troop, the Olati dogs. Your dad's story, you know, coming from Chile is amazing, but what I really thought was hilarious, there's different ways people meet and know it's love at first sight, but your dad, I understand, met your mom, Rebecca, in the circus, and your mom was a human cannonball? Yeah, my mom's pretty incredible. One of the things that she, uh, of the many things that she used to perform, yeah, that's how they met. They were working on uh, Hannaford Circus, which is uh, it's Royal Hannaford Circus. It's uh, a pretty well-known circus here in America. They've been, I think, 80 years or 82 years already they've been right. performing. Yeah, that's actually how that's how my wife and myself actually met in the circus as well. And it's funny, we met in the exact same circus as my mom and dad did, actually. Oh, uh, now was your wife blasting out of cannons or what? No, no, no. My wife does, uh, my wife does aerial, aerial acts like the stilts and stuff like that. And she mm-hmm. does juggling and she does. Um, unicorn and bicycle acts. Yeah, she does a lot of stuff. <laughs> and what's your, and what is your wife's first name? Her name is Yanina. 
uh, Y-A-N-I-N-A. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. The one thing I was very impressed with when I saw the show, Nicholas, and just listening to you now, you are very, very, very proud of your dad. And tell me a little bit what your dad has taught you a lot. I mean, you could have done anything with your career, but what made you say, I want to be with my dad and have this talented Olati dog act? I'm very family-oriented. I think that if things can stay between family, then that's the best result for me. I think family is very important, and that's something that my mom has taught me, and so is my dad. My dad is also a very, very uh, family-oriented person. And uh, I just, I really enjoy being around family, you know? And it's, it's different in performance industries and stuff like that, where, you know, in, in a normal life, kids grow up and they go into study, and, you know, they'll become a doctor or a lawyer or whatever it, whatever it may be that they're going to become. But in the circus, it's not necessarily a necessity to, to leave. You know what I mean? Right. You can still progress with your family and you guys can become, you know, either more famous or more successful or you can change the act or you can do things to where you don't actually need to leave, you know what I mean? And that's something that I've always enjoyed and I've always felt very blessed to be able to do that. That has been uh, a very huge, huge role model in my life. He's been able to teach me a lot, a lot of things about not only performing, but about just things in general in life, you know what I mean? He's, he's been through it all, so he knows the ins and outs of, of life, so to speak. And, That's uh, great. Yeah, it's just it's great. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that I noticed on the performance, and I'm sure others who have caught your act too, and I'm a pet behavior, so I'm watching the dogs, and I see just love oozing out of these dogs to you and your dad on stage. No matter how big the crowd or where the stage is, that seems to be the secret to your success. It's like everybody is having a, it's like a dog party on stage, but choreographed, wouldn't you say? I mean, how would you, how important is it for you guys to really connect with the Olati dogs? It's hugely important. I think that's probably the biggest thing is is the time that we spend with them. Because, again, being in the performance series, you can spend literally all day with your dogs. If you have a normal life, you have to go and you go work there, you go to school, and then you come back, you see your dogs a little bit, and then you go on a walk, and then you, get, and you have to wake up early and do it again. Right. Us, we live and breathe these dogs. Like, these dogs are literally always with us 24-7. Like, they're either laying on our lap or they're laying next to us <laughs> trying to steal a piece of bread off the table. or they're just, you know, Right. And it's just, they're always there. And so, it's really, it's just remarkable how intelligent dogs are they pick up every single thing like i think and it's not because i think other dogs are not as intelligent not at all but Mm -hmm. i think the more time you spend with them the more intelligent they become because i've realized like i've gone to friends houses that because i have a lot of friends in in various various different towns after traveling around so many years you catch uh, friendships and stuff like that and they'll have dogs and the dogs are not they're not dumb at all they're smart but they're not as i want to say attentive or they're not as your dogs have a very enriched life, and they're being able yeah. to be mentally and physically stimulated, and I think that's what you're talking about, is why... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm glad I got something right today. Like, <laughs> I can't do a yeah, backward no, 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 somersault, exactly. but... <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's exactly trying. right, because, like, cause like um, you know, there's the old saying or whatever that people used to say a lot, oh, dumb dog, but yeah. it's, it's really, it's just completely just opposite because it's it's ridiculous dogs to understand words like right. i have no doubt in my mind that the dogs don't or that the dogs completely understand us when we're talking to them because mm-hmm. they'll understand no they'll understand yes they'll understand stay there they'll understand come here they'll understand you want to go outside and they'll go like, hey and they'll yeah. wag the trail yeah let's go like they understand hey. everything and it's just incredible some I dogs are so smart dogs. that you can spell the word treat and they know 
Whoops, sorry, Chipper. Exactly. My dog's ears just popped up. But what I noticed on stage also is you're not giving a bunch of treats to these dogs. How are you motivating them to do what they need to do when they need to do it? Just absolutely loving them. And that's uh, it's just a partnership. We don't, I mean, this is actually, that's something really good that I have to say. That's, uh, I've never actually never said that, but our dog act is more so a partnership than it is a trainers and dogs it really is more of a partnership because we spend like i said we spend all day with them and we we make it fun for them to learn things you know Mm -hmm. it's just like it's just like playing with a kid you know kids go to gymnastics or whatever and it's fun for them to tumble and to do this and that and that's how it is with the dogs we'll you know we'll play with them and have them stand on their hind legs and play with them like that and eventually they just hone on those skills and they get to develop them more and more until they can perform and no, that's I why love it. So attentive and stuff like that. When it doesn't really matter how big the crowd is or how small it is, it's just they're very focused on us. There's a very good synchronization and a good chemistry between the dogs and my father and myself. You know, I think you you hit it on the head, Nicholas. And speaking of crowds, name some of the most unusual places or places you're going to be going. I want everybody at the end of the show to go to oladidogs.com. It's O-L-A-T-E-D-O-G-S.coms and check out the schedule. But I think you're going to be back in Texas and Frisco to do a double-A Frisco Rough Rider performance later in a couple months. Name some of the weird places that you guys perform. I mean, we've been obviously on stage and theaters, but... We have been, okay, the weirdest, this is the weirdest place we have ever been in our entire life. Okay. We worked in a, uh, we worked in a nightclub one time. It was the weirdest thing ever. It was like, it was, a, it's a very, Bur- it's a very, it's a wonderful nightclub. But right. it's, uh, it's a very small stage and it's very burlesque, like almost raunchy a little bit. You know, yeah. it's like they've got the dancers and everything and then boom, here come the dogs. And it's just like, <laughs> wow, that has nothing to do with anything. But it was awesome. It was really fun. Your dogs really, really didn't become uh, booze hounds, did they? Or you know? No. Nah. Okay. Good. All right. Good. Good. They behaved nah, they themselves. Were, they were good. So that was really good. That was really fun. But that was—I want to say—that was probably the weirdest place that we performed. It's just a, like a nightclub. I never thought we'd perform dogs in nightclubs. You guys have been traveling a lot. I don't know how many places you try to hit in a year. What's happening in 2015 that we want to tune into? Ooh, 2015 is going to be very, very busy. We have—we uh, have an estimated. Of 60 more or less hour and a half theater shows that we're going to be doing throughout the country, which they will always be obviously updated on thelexydogs.com and go to the schedule. It should be there as soon as uh, we get those dates confirmed. But mm-hmm. we're really going everywhere. We uh, we don't stop. If, if we're not performing, we maybe have a day off to relax and then it's hitting the road again. We are everywhere constantly. On the 26th, we are flying out to London, England. It'll be oh the my first gosh. time we go international to Europe. Yeah, we're going to do the... Uh, we're going to do a TV show over there. We're going to be over there for a couple of days, and then we come back, and then we're going to uh, Orlando, Florida, and then after that, I think we go to, I think we're going over to California. Yeah, it's, just, it's crazy. We have a really crazy schedule, but it's awesome. Very crazy, but it's at least organized. You're going to fly all the dogs across the pond to England? We are flying with six dogs. We're going to okay. take six dogs over there. My mother and my wife are going to stay here it's only a few days that we're going to be over there and, mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll be back yeah and then we uh, we're actually in talks with people in Germany as well and in Italia as oh my well gosh. and uh, yeah <laughs> so uh, we're going to be and- we're going to be international here pretty soon Excellent. Now, what I did also like about your show is, and probably you do this on other occasions, but part of the proceeds you gave to a local humane society in the Dallas area at your show, is that something you do on when you can? 
Yeah, we do that. Uh, we actually do that a lot. We do that mm-hmm. a lot with our theater shows. We try to get in contact with the local shelters and help them out, help them out as, as much as we can. I mean, that's, that's always been something that's been really important to us, you know, helping promote animal rescue. Or if we can get people to rescue animals, that's great. And, you know, just give whatever we can to get back, you know. That's what we always try to do. Now, when you're not driving a bus, having a dog show, or just sleeping, you're playing the guitar. So how can people learn more about your music career? I enjoyed your song on stage. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, they can actually go to domomusicgroup.com and go to the artist tab, and I'm, I'm in there. You can read a, the profile and the biography and stuff like that. We are currently working on a, a, a mixtape. I already have one album out that's on iTunes and Google Play. It's called Think Big. Okay. Uh, but we're currently working on a second mixtape at the moment. I'm constantly, whenever I have downtime, I'm flying out to L.A. and working with uh, a lot of big-name producers and songwriters. And, uh, yeah, so we're just, uh, it's, it's a work in progress. It's a little bit of a slow process, but it's a slow, very necessary process for artist, artist development and seeing what direction I'm going to go with with uh, music. But it's, uh, it's definitely fun, very, very fun. Now, if you can get your dogs to be backup vocals, I don't know. I think there's a platinum record there. <laughs> the, uh, the dogs actually, believe it or not, have, have an album that's out on iTunes and Google Play as well. It's a Christmas Oh, of course album. they do. Called, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Olate Dogs uh, Christmas Album oh, for okay. the holiday season. But yeah, it's the dogs barking a whole bunch of uh, Christmas carols and stuff like that. It's pretty funny. Okay, for all the folks that are listening, we're going to wrap the show up. What is the one message you'd like to give all the folks that are lucky enough to have one, two, or maybe 20 dogs in their lives like you do? Treat them like gold because dogs are actually for my family. They're just angels. Uh, it's just the unconditional love, and they're always by your side no matter what, and they're just there for you. So, you know, just treat them the way they need to be treated. Treat them like gold and, and spoil them. Spoil them because dogs are dogs are definitely amazing and uh yeah, just treat your dogs very, very well. Hey, folks, we've been speaking with Nicholas Ulati, who probably has drove through three stoplights. I'm just kidding. On his way from <laughs> Elkhart, Indiana, in a big tour bus to Cleveland, Ohio. You all have no excuse. You need to catch the Ulati Dog Show. If you go to alatidogs.com, you're going to see the schedule. You're going to see the bio. They're in some movies. They're doing it all, and they're doing it right. And I was very honored to have you on the show. Uh, you were a hard man to track because you're in one zip code to the next. You're harder to get than a fugitive. You know that, right? That's right. <laughs> I like it that way. I like it that way. So, everybody, I want to give a big pause and applause to Nicholas Olati, along with his father, Richard. The two of them are on stage with almost a dozen dogs in places all over America. And behind the scenes is mom, Rebecca, who doesn't pop out of cannonballs anymore, but is really making a difference, too, for this talented, talented family. I also want to thank my producer, Mark Winter. He makes this show and all the shows on Pet Life Radio just be awesome. He has created this entire Pet Life Radio network, which is now the number one listened pet network on the planet. So we're no Alati dogs, but we're trying, okay, Nicholas? No, you're doing a great job. <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate you guys having us on the show as well. Thank you very much. All right. So until mm-hmm. next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave! coast to coast and around the world it's all behave with arden moore find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in rin tin tinseltown 
From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.